welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It's a full crew tonight. Adam, Rhiannon, myself, I'm Caleb. I'm Happy Veterans for Day, even though it's yeah. probably coming out after that, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to any of our listeners that served. Um, I'm ready for it to get cold, though. Like a little bit colder, just cold enough that it's not hot inside my apartment. Yeah. For those that live in the rest of the world, New York City just starts pumping heat in your apartment, whether you want it or not, after a certain point. Um, the logic being you could open your windows and it's cold outside to like equalize the temperature wherever you want it. But I live on a high floor and have a cat, so I can't equalize the temperature. And when it's really hot outside, that doesn't work. So I need the weather to get cooler. I thought we should talk about it at the top of the show. Uh, I've not been on Twitter because of Black Panther. I'm kind <laughs> of suspicious that I'm not coming back just because Dude. it seems like it's turned into a bit more of a hellscape than ever Jesus before. Christ. Yeah, yeah. Don't stay off of it, man. Just why why come back at this point? So are you guys it's, it very well could be belly up by the weekend. Like by the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Have you guys found replacements? Like, have you are you finding other places? Because Adam, like, I tried. Especially, you have to find something, don't you? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, I've tried Mastodon. I don't even know how to sign up for a Mastodon account. It wants me to like choose servers and stuff, but then I already have Discord. I don't want to. Cool so, James goes on it, but I don't want to do anything with it. Yeah, that's I've created a Mastodon account because I wanted to rush in and see if I could get Rhiannon as my username. Ooh. And it was brand new. And I did, but the usernames are weird because it's like you choose a server. So I'm Rhiannon at whatever the server I'm on is, which I don't even know what it is. Dot whatever. I shared a link on Twitter because <laughs> I uninstalled Twitter, but I still occasionally like pop in when people send me links to stuff. Um so I shared a link to my Mastodon on there. And yeah, I'm following James Gunn and only James Gunn uh, at this point. Um, well, James but, Gunn, and I think Charles Murphy's on it now too. So oh, if, I can get, okay. if I can get Rhiannon, Charles Murphy and and uh, James Gunn, it's probably enough for Mastodon to be my choice. <laughs> so how did you know Charles Murphy was on there if you haven't been on Twitter? Uh, oh, I've, I have viewed Twitter. I have not begun posting again but I, I did look at it a little bit last night after the movie all right well i will see if i can find charles murphy on mastodon um and yeah i mean i mean it's really easy i mean if you can use twitter you can use mastodon the good thing that i like about mastodon so far is you can do a content warning you can do a spoiler warning and like put your stuff behind a, a warning yep so they do um, that on twitter now too i I am not even giving two brain cells to whatever Twitter says you can do right now. That's because no, no. I just, I said it because Deborah Ann wall had a, um, one of those. And I oh. thought it was going to be daredevil related, but it's not. Mm. She's in some like Warhammer or Witcher or something. I don't know. Some swords okay. and dragons kind of thing. Oh, okay, cool. Good for her. Um, yeah, cool. Well, uh, but Mastodon will probably be around next weekend. So it seems really intuitive, really easy to do. My only problem so far is just sharing your username. I don't know how many Rhiannons are there, but if you go and you search for Rhiannon, I'm on it if you spell it correctly. Um, 
like if you do follow me, say something so I know who you are and know to follow you back. But yeah, I haven't, I just haven't been on Twitter. Like I said, I've popped in like you have, but I've uninstalled it. So that's my biggest thing. A lot of people used to send me messages on Twitter, just like as a way of keeping in touch. And because I don't have the app on my phone, I'm not seeing those messages as quickly as I used to. So um, that's really the only downside so far. So if there's any listeners that have been trying to slip into your DMs that hasn't been working, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. All those people that try to slip into my DMs regularly, uh, they're missing out. So I have not kept greatly up with the news. It seems like there's been a lot of smoke around... Tom Holland signing a new three picture deal plus maybe some other projects. I've heard people rumor that maybe daredevil could be part of it. Adam is our resident expert. Is there any uh, fire to this smoke or do you know? No, you guys probably don't warn me. I have no idea. I didn't even know. Um, Twitter's so stupid. <laughs> Sorry, I'm distracted by Twitter. <laughs> no, it was sure. I mean, they're always going to get a deal done. So it, uh, it is interesting that there are, uh, it does seem like almost uh, some of the scoopers, some of our colleagues, uh, if you will, um, are, are done getting burnt by Disney and are just releasing all sorts of stuff. Um, like, Mr. Mr. Snyder's been releasing all sorts of tidbits that have uh, proven accurate. Um, and I know the Illuminati has been kind of going scorched earth um, as well. So good. Rise up against the man. You know, it's Disney has in uh, what I consider an unhealthy grip uh, on all things entertainment journalism. So rise up against it and uh, yeah, release, release all the goodies. Just to be clear, Mickey, that is the opinion of Adam Barnhart. If you'd like to send passes to the next uh, premiere to Caleb Borchers, I am still very much happy to be your slave. <laughs> it's not worth it, man. Selling your soul to the mouse is not worth it. <laughs> that uh, that company is number one on my list, probably. So, whatever. Rhiannon, would you be uh, excited about Spidey being in Daredevil, or is that just crowd out some more time for Daredevil for you? No, I would love it. Um, I I love where they left Spider-Man in the last movie to interact with Daredevil. Like, it's fascinating. I think we talked about this before. Like, if if we have the Daredevil that we had in She-Hulk, he's at his highest point that we've seen him. And we have Peter Parker at his lowest point that we've seen him, which is sort of just characteristically opposites. Um I would love to see them interact. I'd love to see, um, yeah, I, I trust Marvel at this point. They wouldn't make it the Spider-Man show. The fans might, the fans will, you know, if that gets confirmed. The there's going to be the 18 show. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be 18 episodes of people going like, when are we going to see Spidey? And then they're going to make it like episode 16. <laughs> and it's just going to drive everybody nuts. Love the idea. I mean, I, they've got 18 episodes. He is in the Marvel Universe now. Give me all the cameos. Give me Bucky showing up in Hell's Kitchen and hanging. Bucky and Matt at Josie's, just not even talking to each other, just at the same place. I don't know. Give me 
all of the New York City interacting. There, he's in New York City. They've got eighteen episodes. He's in the MCU. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, like that rumor came from Illuminati, who, um, I I think has some decent sources. So, I mean, that rumor coming immediately before the Spider-Man three movie contract rumor. I I feel like a lot of these are legit and that we can listen to it and. Yeah, and with Adam, let's just push Disney to make stuff official. Stop. I mean, what? the secrecy is just frustrating at this point, and it's causing the fandom to carry, tear each other apart, and you know, it's causing people to just dig and everything. So, like, just give us the news. Tell us about it. I'd be Tell really us. fascinated just the way it would work out um, with the way Doctor Strange's spell works, because Matt worked on a case that was very specifically. Peter being found out to be Spider-Man. So would Matt just not remember the case or would he remember that he had some vague case with Parker, but he can't remember what it was about or would he have the case, but it would turn into something weird, like a, like employment issue or something. Like I'm fascinated to see the practical outworkings of how the, the strange spell would work for Matt and Peter to be together again. Well, the strange spell was specifically that nobody would remember Peter Parker, right? It was right. that nobody remember Peter Parker. So Matt will probably remember that he had a case for Spider-Man. But not for Peter Parker. Okay. But when he sees Peter Parker as the photographer for the Daily Bulletin or whatever. Oh, he may not know that he is spider-man i think there's places they could go there i mean yeah. you know but but i do i i mean like the spider-man potential is so good and um uh, yeah I, I mean and that also gives people the potential for spider-man kingpin interaction yeah I, i'm kind um, of loving the idea of matt would be the first person to figure it out mm-hmm. like Oh, this guy's heart rate is not acting the way that somebody's does when they first meet someone. This guy seems to know me. And then Matt's like, you're, you're like a ghost. Like there's no records of you existing before a year ago. Like, like kind of lawyering his way into figuring out that Spidey's weird. I think that would all be kind of fascinating, but. I, that's almost why they need Karen page karen page would be the one to do that digging and figure out that he has no history right and then matt maybe remembers what spider-man smells like or something <laughs> something like that yeah Puts it all together. yeah i i i love the idea i i'm not afraid of them making it the spider-man show they're not going to do that they can't afford to make it a spider-man show but i like it i like it Give me all the cameos in Daredevil. Um, another little bit of news that I guess we should talk about because they're just some pretty big names. Agatha uh, Coven of Chaos is starting to like cast up. And since we've talked about it, Aubrey Plaza has come on probably for the main villain. Some people are saying potentially Morgan Le Fay. Um, uh, uh, Shashir I think that's right. Sashir Zamata has come on the show. I, I know her from Home Economics on ABC. Um, they've also got some guy named Joe Locke who is signed up, maybe playing a adult Wiccan. 
um, as well as a few other um, actresses I don't know as well, but they've just been kind of loading up on cast. Adam, you kind of hinted, I don't know, a while back that this thing was going to get a pretty prestigious bunch of people in it. I mean, is this exciting to you to see this many kind of big names jumping on top of this thing? Uh, yeah, I, none of the names even mentioned were names I'd heard. I'd heard, uh, Hannah Wildingham from Ted Lasso and Amy Poehler and, uh, Catherine O'Hara. So there's, I would guess we'll probably get a few more. So if not, I mean, maybe they said Parks and Rec and it was Aubrey Plaza instead of, um, Amy Poehler, but I mean, Waddingham's one of the most wanted uh, actors in Hollywood right now after after Lasso exploded. And I mean, Catherine O'Hara, <laughs> why wouldn't you want Catherine O'Hara? It is interesting, though, to my knowledge, I don't think Aubrey Plaza is the villain. Um, I think that might go to someone like Catherine O'Hara or something oh. of that nature. Um, yeah, I we'll read see. it casually somewhere. I, I I couldn't back up. Yeah, I so I think uh, I think it was in one of the trades where she could be playing the villain or something. But um, yeah, I just don't uh, buy a, it. That's a lot of comedy actors. Oh, it's for sure going to be a, a okay, a spooky comedy. Okay, I was about to say it's going to be kind of like dark though, like kind of like gallows humor, or you know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it is interesting that uh, Waddingham was also in Hocus Pocus too. Um, she was. So yeah, I don't know. No, it's it's definitely Eric Andre. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned Eric Andre. Uh, he's in it. Um, it's insane. So it'll be very funny. Jack Schaefer's directing an episode. Um, filming begins anywhere from next week to January, depending on who you believe. Um. <laughs> And they're probably both right. They're probably doing probably. something or plates or they've something. Prob- uh, yeah, I mean, they've already done second unit stuff, guaranteed. You know, they've been doing that for all year, probably. But yeah, it's uh, the cast is getting prestigious. I would guess they're they're doing a new take on Salem Seven, just because that's virtually the only comics group Agatha really has an attachment to. You know, outside like the Fantastic Four or something, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. It'll it'll be super interesting. I, I really love uh, the, the witchy type stuff. Like the Salem witch trials have always been uh, super, super fascinating to me. So if they dive into like a period piece and, and kind of 1602 it, um, it'll, it'll, it should be good. It should be great. Rihanna, it does seem a very woman forward show. I mean, I know you've enjoyed She-Hulk and we've talked some about how Marvel uses female characters. Are you kind of excited to see this show being even more than WandaVision being very like, seems like centered on women's stories. Um, I mean, like this is one of the announcements that I had the absolute least interest in maybe because I was just mad about her twist at the end of WandaVision, but I do, this cast is getting me excited. Um, it's sort of werewolf by night got me a little excited yeah i mean that just sort of yeah, yeah. I, I know it's not you know it, it's not going to be werewolf by night but you know it at least showed some of the some of the places the marvel's willing to go um are we going to talk about aubrey plaza being in legion 
I was going to mention, I've seen one or two people on Twitter that's like, how is that possible? You know, and then like, <laughs> they talk about all this other stuff and I'm like, I I don't think, I mean, X-Men continuity was already nothing, but I don't think even the X-Men continuity people tried to make Legion. I mean, I don't, I can't even tell you what year Legion took place in. It was like modern technology, but 1970s yeah. cars and like weird fashion choice. Legion, I think was meant to be so surreal that you're not even sure if any of it was real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would just, I don't know. It would just be funny if they did try to try to leak those in or you know, link it somehow to, I guess she wasn't even a character in Legion. She was a manifestation. Of, yeah, but she I was don't kind know. of Shadow King in a way. Yeah. Like If they made her like the MCU Shadow King and introduced her here, that would definitely be a jaw drop moment for me. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, as far as the, all, the, the women cast, um, I, I, I'm not excited because it's a cast of women. I am excited because it is a lot of really cool names and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, like really high quality comedic actresses. Like that's, that's, um, you know, if they come out with that same A-list of men actors, I would still be very hyped. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about the comedic part of it. And I think the idea of this show just, I mean, I don't know how dark they would go, but like the idea that it's a show that you will laugh at things and go, oh, I feel really guilty about laughing about that. Like, I think that would be kind of fun for an MCU thing that kind of goes to a morbid humor that maybe we haven't had so much you know i mean yeah like adam brought up pocus pocus like obviously that's a very different audience um but it does like touch on the very dark and the scary while making it very funny along the way so yeah yeah that would be yeah i mean that intrigues me on like what is the morbid humor going to be where are we going to go with it and i assume it's coming out in the fall like in spooky season winter 23 24 this is the weird one that's going to come out at like Christmas or New Year's based on where they put it on the calendar. That's right. That's right. Oh, well. Christmas oh. horror is amazing. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make it like I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas is... Uh, one last bit of news. Um, if you're very, very sensitive to potential spoilers, maybe skip this part. But I don't think you're going to avoid it if you're on the internet. Apparently, there's a lot of talk that uh, the original Fantastic Forecast is going to show up in Deadpool 3, which, if if they turn it into Deadpool Kills the Fox universe, I, it feels like too on the nose, but I almost feel like that could happen at this point. Because we already got Hugh Jackman coming back, you know? Where's this coming from? I don't know, man. Everybody saw it. It was on uh, Murphy's Multiverse. It's on MCU Direct. Really? What is... Oh, Daniel RPK apparently was the start of it. Interesting. Yes. Okay, so this came from Daniel RPK's uh, rumor page. Okay. Um, love you, Daniel. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I mean, it begs the question, which we're all wondering, which is how does this fit? Like, is this going to feel like the MCU proper? Is this movie just all about porting Deadpool over from one universe to another? Is there going to be like 
because it's fourth wall breaking and talks about stuff, will they sort of talk about the Fox deal? And like, to me, it's kind of interesting. I could see them doing mostly an MCU movie that just does a little wink at Fox stuff, or I could see them calling the thing Deadpool kills the Fox universe. Like I could see them going anywhere on that spectrum, but maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see them bringing back Kevin, you know, I, I could see them going in any of those directions. And I mean, I could see it being totally fourth wall breaking. Like this movie exists only for us to, you know, answer all these questions and just make all those jumps and, and fill it all in. And I could see it being, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, 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 I think it's more likely that it's going to be fourth wall breaking and like wink nod Deadpool kills the Fox universe. I think that's more likely than them acting like none of it's there yeah. and it's just being like winks. Deadpool doesn't really go with winks as much as in your face. Right. <laughs> yeah. The humor is not yeah. known for its subtlety. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, we're kind of forever. Uh, I mean, this is pretty simple. Do you guys like it to start with? Loved it. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I liked it, it a lot. Loved I'm, it. I'm still not sure, but maybe I'll decide by the time we're done talking. Really? Oh, man, I well, loved it so damn much. No, I, I mean, I'm with you, Caleb, because I'm like, I... I it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Yeah. I even like, I was talking to a friend this afternoon and we had both seen it and it was just like, there's so much in it that I think I really will only know how I feel about it after the second watch. Yeah. Which has been my problem lately. I don't know. The only phase four movie that I loved the first time I saw it was Shang-Chi. Now, there's other ones I really, really like. It just took me a second or third viewing to figure out how I felt about it. So that's part of the issue. Um, I'll get to my other stupid pedantic thing later. But Adam, you, you loved it. What what was what worked so well for you? Everything. Outside of the runtime, what they could have trimmed out um, the, uh, the two white characters and we would have not, lost nothing. Like Everett Ross and... Spoiler had nothing to add to the movie whatsoever. Yeah, and agreed. Every time it jumped to them. I'm like, why? There was a point, like halfway through, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel this runtime, and then uh, the whole third act was kind of end gamified, where I was just wowed by you know the fighting and the explosions and all sorts of that stuff. But uh, outside of the runtime, everything just were it didn't feel like a funeral whatsoever which i was dreading i'm like i'm gonna be devastated throughout this whole thing and it really felt like a celebration of both black panther and chadwick that's why i think it's bonkers the mood the credits start to roll and i i get on twitter and i'm the the recast t'challa thing is trending uh, on twitter and for the life of me i can't figure out how someone can watch wakanda forever and and still think they need to recast him um to each their own whatever but no it worked uh super well i mean uh angela bassett was incredible um leticia wright was was amazing namor is probably one of the best villains the mcu's ever seen um 
Ruth Carter. Ruth Carter is going to win an Oscar again for this movie. There's no way she doesn't get best costume. Um, it's just every single thing she made and designed was was out of this world. Uh, the score was awesome. Uh, not Namor's theme, but his like throne uh, bit when he was descending onto his throne w- was out of this world. Um, yeah, it was slow at some points, but I think it did really. Ironheart. I, I mean, Riri Williams did incredible, and this is what we're, we're seeing. You know, this is what every single Marvel movie is going to be moving forward. We saw it in Thor: Love and Thunder, where there's, I mean, sure it's a Thor movie at heart, but I mean, the ensemble is what carries the movie. We saw it in Doctor Strange with Wong and Scarlet Witch. Um, and we'll see it. What's the next movie that comes out? Guardians, right? Um, of course, Ant Man. Oh, Ant Man. Well, we'll see that in Ant Man too, where we have four or five heroes go, going up against Kang and Guardians and the Marvels and all that stuff. But for I started to feel the runtime a little bit, but I mean, I think given the circumstances, that was about as good of a script as as they could have had. Um, and everyone just acted their ass off in it. So Adam, you said a couple things there that really resonate with why I think I'm a little confused how I feel. You said, you talked about runtime, but then given the circumstances. And I think that's it a little bit for me is that it did feel like there's maybe two movies in this, mm-hmm. but I also understand that they couldn't have made either of them independently. Like there's a much quieter more somber just processing the loss of chadwick boseman movie and then there's just a atlantis attacks wakanda movie and the first time through i just didn't feel them mesh the right way i think maybe a second time through that'll that'll clear up a little bit for me thematically but i think that's just the biggest thing is it did feel a little meandery like i i think there's there's also a few things that they shoehorned in that kind of hurt that effect of like too much is going on. Like you guys mm-hmm. mentioned, um, you know, Constantina de la Fontaine, there is no purpose for her in this movie. Right. She does nothing for it. And the part that actually really drove it home to me at the end, Riri goes, Oh, can I go home? And the FBI is not after me. And sure. He goes, Oh yeah, you'll be fine. I was like, why? Why? Yeah. Because the FBI wanted her to make a Wakanda detector and they still want that. And the only guy who listens to Wakanda is apparently a fugitive from the law now. So like, I don't understand why the U S government would at all feel different about Riri at the end of this movie. Like that, that so, was like very yeah. hand wavy to me of like, why is that it, conflict gone? Cause it never went anywhere. Right. It reeks of, um, of them realizing while they're in principal photography that they're making a Thunderbolts movie. Yes. And they're like, okay, we, we need to do something. Let's, let's just set it up here. Cause it serves no other purpose other than now is Thunderbolts going to Teleclan or, or whatever, or is it going to be like a black Panther three or black Panther 2.5 or, or something of that nature, you know? Um, we'll see. But yeah, it's, I don't know. You, you know, we didn't even see, what we saw at the the very end was the only on screen interaction between Ross and Okoye, right? Uh, no, Okoye and him talk in the woods when they oh, first right, show right. Sure, he's there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. 
But I mean, yeah, it just every time it went to those two, it, it uh, ruined the pace of the movie, and they I benefited zero from from any of those storylines. It just it just felt like um, reshoot additions. Well, and I kept waiting for in the middle of a, a Talokan Wakanda fight. I kept waiting for the U.S. military to all of a sudden like show up and inject themselves, right. or even like U.S. agent or somebody to come mm-hmm. in and inject themselves. And it just felt like they built up this geopolitical intrigue that, at best, is set up for something that's going to happen in Thunderbolts or King Dynasty. Like it, it did feel very much Iron Man two, like groundwork laying for future movie kind of stuff. Right. So. For sure. And that's what, I mean, like my overall processing of how I feel about the movie is I feel like so much of this movie was setting up things. It was setting up Wakanda, you know, in a post Chadwick Boseman world so that they could have their Wakanda TV show or TV shows. I think there was a rumor of a second Wakanda TV show this week. Um, It was introducing Namor and everything with the... With, with, I'm not even going to try to remember the name of their city. We've got to figure it out because we can't call them Atlanteans, apparently, even though that's like what my yeah, instinct uh, is every time. Tallow yeah. can or Tallow, uh, yeah, Tallow can. Tallow can. Um, so, yeah. So, so, you know, you have setting up all of that, which is obviously going to go somewhere. Um, you have setting up Riri for the Ironheart show, which like, I, I think they did an amazing job of working her into the plot of this and making her an essential point of the plot of this. But I also feel like there's, there's parts of her character that was only there. So that like, Hey, you guys really need to know this person. Cause she, you know, just yeah. shoehorning and getting to know her character. And then, yeah, the CIA crap that really, I mean, it was so great to see them like it was very cool when we had that little moment and then they kept going back to Val and I was like Val is supposed to be in the shadows why are we seeing so much of her and is um, the CIA CIA director Senate confirmed right yeah she's very much not uh what do you call that clandestine no she's not overt or no she's not covert so in the CIA you have overt or public covert um gets a show on USA Network. Um, they, yeah. So anyways, I mean, like to me, there was like those four setups and they did a really great job of having a fluid movie in between. Like they did a really good job of having a movie. Like I said, the Riri arc, like they worked that in fabulously. The, Namor, like I feel like we really got to know him and we got to know like so much about his people, his history, his motives. It 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 was a great tie-in. Um, you know, and I feel like Wakanda had some real you know movement and depth. And I mean, if anything, we just needed more Mabaku. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it was a travesty that we got so little of maybe like the Wakandans um throughout all of this but but like i think it was a good movie overall yeah so i think one of the things that really worked and we danced around it some you know i said from the get-go 
after the world building that Kugler did in Wakanda, that giving him Namor and Atlantis or whatever they turned it into was a good choice. And I still believe that. I mean, I think Namor and Talokan and the history and the way they remixed the comics into a very different story, but still felt like true to Namor. Um, even little things like the change to his name. At first I rolled my eyes a little, but I'm like, well, it makes sense. I get it. You know, like um, I just think in the way from everything I can tell, it seems like people of, you know, an indigenous Mexican um, heritage are very excited about the way they were represented in this movie. Um, I mean, I just thought all of that stuff was great and it doesn't look like Aquaman. It is not just like copy and paste from DC's version of Atlantis and all that stuff. I mean, did you guys enjoy the way they fleshed out this new world of Talokan and all that stuff? For sure. I wouldn't be surprised to uh, see uh, uh, Namora or a Tuma series or some sort of one of the projects that uh, Proximity is developing, Kugler and Proximity Media, because apparently they're developing multiple um multiple shows for disney plus so i would guess one of those are are that um apparently it's super cool because apparently tallow clan or it has a different name in actual mythology but that's like the uh valhalla or something uh, of aztec mythology the afterlife or something of that nature but um it, it looked gorgeous and we only got this much of it you know yeah. I hope that they're greenlighting a show that takes place in Telucan or Telecan. I hope if they're greenlighting a show, they have taken in the cost of CGI before they do so. (laughs) Yeah. Because please, Marvel Studios, (laughs) do not greenlight a show that takes place underwater with without taking into account what it'll cost to make it look like it's all underwater they just have a grip like waving like a a, <sighs> a blue piece of like um of cling wrap you know like in front of the camera to give it a feel yeah <laughs> yeah like like please please um i i i yeah i mean it, that so i mean this time last week i was in the yucatan um and like swimming in the cenotes and all of that and hanging out with some people that are native to the area um so like it was very weird to me like for me some of the sets i was like that is clearly not a cenote um but it still like was very cool and and i encourage everybody to go see them yourselves but i I, to me, the underwater universe is very weird. But as I was watching it, I was like, Adam is going to so love this because it is so comic booky. It is so like it is in zero ways grounded and normal and feel like anything you would see. But but they very much made it clear why it wouldn't be normal and like anything you could see. And they still made it integrate, and you can still just like I mean like. Yeah, there's the, all these blue people out in the water, and yeah. don't tick them off. Well, and they set up a good little like, I don't know, ocean horror kind of feel to it too, like the way they could like mesmerize people, and then the claustrophobia being in one of those big suits, 
and then like wires are getting cut and stuff's getting crushed like all of that's enough to kind of kind of make you feel uncomfortable you know (laughs) yeah i mean they really set them up as villains very well from the very beginning and the siren songs like the 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 all of that was just such neat little touches yeah Yeah, that's where I feel a little torn on this movie as far as there were moments where I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about the pacing, whatever. But then the second that they would show up like riding a killer whale, I was just like, oh, dude, this is so cool. And like, you know, like all of that stuff sort of transported me into that special, I feel like I'm a kid again place. And I think that was fun. And the fact that they were able to do it pretty seamlessly to go from like a James Bondy car like race through the streets of Boston and then all of a sudden a bunch of people jump off a whale over the you know Cambridge Bridge or whatever and it doesn't feel startling or alarming to me was kind of cool. Yeah. I I mean Kugler did an amazing job with all of that with with tying it all in. How do we feel about them having vibranium? Like, is that from the comics? Is that? It's largely a, a kind of thing. But again, in the yeah. comics, it's it's Atlantis and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I personally, I love the move because it makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. a pretty easy plot device, but at the same time, you know, it won't be, I mean, a hand wavy thing as how they introduce other people or something like that they said the m word a couple times too right they did yeah they did we've, we've got no further explanation more now our two mutants yeah. no more i said i mean just like very play like it was not a it was look into the camera and said i am a mutant yeah. did you guys catch the uh hellstrom reference the easter egg i can't wait to write about it tomorrow no i did no, not catch it you didn't no. oh man i'm just going to save it as a surprise then so i can use the headline black panther 2 teases return of hellstrom siblings it's uh when no when namor went to go bury his uh mom with the uh oh their people the, the priest satan, or whatever right? the son of satan yeah calls him the son of satan and I'm like, they said the thing. And everyone in my theater is like, shut up. Nobody cares about Damon Hellstrom. And I said, oh, fine. Okay. Yeah. This is a good moment, given what we're talking about and everyone saying shut up to you in the theater. The One of the things I struggled with, and I know this is an idiosyncratic, stupid thing for Caleb. I loved all the different languages they use. And I love sort of the way that's representation and stuff. We were with our kids and our youngest that goes to Marvel movies she still can't quite read the subtitles fast enough to be able to uh, understand them. So in the movie, I have to like lean over and kind of whisper in her ear what the subtitle says, but I try to be sensitive to like not bug the people around me by reading them out loud. And so uh, I spent 20% of this movie with my head turned into her ear, like trying to read the subtitles and it's not that it's a bad thing, and I'm glad they were there. It just was like, like about halfway through, I was like, "Dad, gum it, Coogler, can we do a little more English?" You know, just so I don't have to mess with this. But um, that's not really a criticism. It's just my life. But anyway, 
Uh, th- I mean, that is, yeah. Um, there was a lot of subtitles in this movie, which. There was a lot. There's a lot of different languages. Um, I know like three Mayan words and I recognized one. Oh, that's it's cool. Water. <laughs> and, and I was like, ah, to only know like three Mayan words. At least I know the right one. We've talked some about Riri. Um, as you said, Rhiannon, I thought they made her important enough to the plot that I didn't mind her. To me, it was a bit like America Chavez, like she needed to be there to move the plot along. Um, but I also just loved the actress and like, I know she kind of had the comedic uh, relief kind of role here, but I'm about 82% more excited about Ironheart after this movie than I think I was before I watched this movie. So when they went to the ancestral plane. What did you guys think you were going to get? As soon as she was in the throne room, unfortunately, my brain said, so I didn't think about it until I saw the back of the throne. I was like, they're obscuring this. Oh, they're obscuring it because it's Michael B. Jordan, because I heard rumors that Michael B. Jordan was in this movie. Uh, So like before the movie, I was thinking we would get shadows. I thought it would be some frustrating thing where she ends up in this ancestral plane, but because her heart really isn't into it and because she doesn't believe in it, she would see like blurry shadows, but not really be able to make a connection and talk to the ancestors. Um, When she popped out of the water, I was like, holy crap, she's going to get Namor's ancestors, not hers. (laughs) Um, And then we got Michael B. Jordan and I was like, oh yeah, that makes the most sense. Yeah, Adam, I assume that's something you kind of knew ahead. Yeah, and it's bizarre because every single movie I've spoiled myself ahead of time. I've loved tremendously Eternals, uh, Multiverse of Madness, this. So, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it works. I don't know. Rhiannon, I do feel like I'm glad you brought it up. The ancestral plane, though, with Killmonger to me is the most important moment in the movie as far as drawing me into the story because before that it felt a little paint by numbery of like oh they're gonna get into a con you know conflict with with talacan and her and neighbor are gonna kind of connect and you think they're gonna fix it but then something's gonna go bad and then they're gonna fight and then She's obviously going to use the plant from their underwater civilization to make the heart shape. Or to me, that one was the second. He's like, our ancestor found this plant. I'm like, oh, that's how they get the heart. You know, like to me, that was telegraph. what was going to happen. And yeah. so I kind of felt like I had it figured out. And then when she sees Killmonger, I'm like, why did she see? Oh, because she's in a bad spot. And at that point, I wasn't sure. I thought at some point we might have Nakia like take it and have black Panther versus black Panther or something. Like I did feel a little more uncertainty about what was going to happen as soon as Killmonger got injected into it. Cause it sort of let you know just how, how ingrained sort of the, the bitterness in her was, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, Shuri's journey through this movie left me legitimately during that fight i thought they might actually kill off namor i mean i was sitting there and i was like 
clearly they're setting up all of this it's it's you know he's going to be a part of the mcu for a long time like this is this is a big thing i was like and then i was like well but they do kill a lot of the villains maybe they really maybe she really is gonna just kill him now um so i mean they, they it did a great job of putting that uncertainty in me even though like i knew it was extremely unlikely but yeah who knows yeah like in that moment i felt it i believed it the the stakes changed and that that's refreshing you know it's it's refreshing to know that this character that is clearly going to be a part of the of marvel that that's a major character and all of that for for me to be sitting there and feeling like maybe maybe she's genuinely going to go in this direction like that that's a really good job to me yeah well there had been rumors about doom too being in the movie yeah so i was like for a minute i was like she's gonna go full-on evil she's gonna kill namor and then she's gonna like sign a treaty with doom at the end of this and it's gonna be like her sitting on the like throne like killmonger you know and it's like sure he gone totally bad and I was like, I am not ready for that. <laughs> it's, it's not what happened, but it was certainly something that flashed through my brain, you know, while this was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that was just really refreshing to not know. Like you, I, I think you said it earlier to not know where it's going to go. Like was just nice. Yeah. I, I do think watching it a second time, watching for just how, Watching it more for Shuri's movie and just where her emotional state is throughout it is probably going to make it more thematically tied than I realized. Because I think there's probably some stuff about her like seething anger and how it matches Namor's, which is going to be more apparent now that I know about the Killmonger thing ahead of time, you know? Yeah. So, talking about spoilers, we got to talk about the the only credit scene we got, the mid credit, um, was did did either of you go into this not knowing the mid credit, or was it totally something you knew? Oh, I didn't. I went into it not even watching all the trailers. Oh, Adam, you knew about the mid credit, I assume. Yeah, and it's still crud. <laughs> so this was—I don't know if you remember. This is how I got blocked by my cosmic circus. Because they, oh. they posted that as the headline of an article. And I was oh. like, like a year, year and a half ago. And I was like, screw you guys. That sucks. And then they blocked me. So, <laughs> um, but wow. I think it was, it was a little different. I think their reporting was that Nakia would be like pregnant, I guess, in the, 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 the end of the movie. But um, still, it was a little bit of a bummer to me, but it was still a nice poignant way to end it, you know? It, it was helpful to have it so well acted, I feel like, by Letitia Wright. So. Yeah. And it gives us a timeline. The one that doesn't necessarily make sense, but it, it could work. Oh, um, so the trick to it is she had she got pregnant before the blip. Yes. She got pregnant before the but like very soon before the blip. Yeah. Yeah. And had little T'Challa 
and then so T'Challa only knew him for like months before he died because this movie takes place a year a after year his death. Two. Yeah, they don't tell us how. The Very thing year, we yeah. don't know is how long between Endgame and his death. We don't know how long that went. Well, but they say the kid is six years old. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she says hardly, the kid is six years old. Him, yeah. Yeah. So so he died pretty soon after coming back from the blip. Yeah. Yeah. Which also Marvel, the very beginning of this movie where they like gut punch you and just like go through his death and then do the Marvel with just Chadwick Boseman's face and giving us no music to hide the sound of us sitting in the theater sobbing. Yeah. That was rough. That was that was just rude. I saw give us I saw a great tweet that said the greatest moments usually in MCU movies are where everybody cheers, right? Like the three Mm -hmm. Spider-Men landing or um, the portal scene or whatever, where everybody goes crazy in the theater. And I said, this one is a little different in that it's going to, it's, it was the silence. It was the two scenes where they put almost no music or no, or no sound at all. And you could just hear the whole room. Like, sort of like breathing heavily and sobbing mm-hmm. like that was the experience that we got that's kind of unusual that you don't get in a movie theater often you know yeah uh, and how they actually like the it was the last scene right when she uh when did she burn her clothes the last scene right the when last they scene. Did, yeah yeah when they did the throwback stuff yeah it was rough too dude it was rough before the movie even started i saw this at alamo and they do their little clips before the movie, sometimes with actors from the movie that are like a joking, like, if you make noise during this movie, I'll come get you type thing. And they had the one from 2018, which was Chadwick Boseman just standing there staring at the audience. And it was like, I'm watching you. If you make noise, I'll know and I'll come get you. But they aired it before this movie. And it was literally just Chadwick Boseman staring at the audience. And I was almost holding it together. And then like somebody somebody shouted at the screen during the message to not talk, but still. And just like everybody in the theater lost it before the movie even started. Yeah. Just so All did right. you guys how many times did you guys cry? Did you cry for the queen no just at the uh post credits just the post credits yeah because the last scene got me welled up i'm like okay this is it you didn't do during the opening during the the quiet marvel no that was more like i was like damn (laughs) you know that was just like it just knocked the window and i'm like i can't believe they did this yeah caleb well, Did I was just going to say, for some reason, the Ramonda death, I don't know, it didn't punch quite the same emotionally. I think some of it is, I think Kugler wants us to feel Riri's anger at that point more than we want to feel her sadness, you know, like. Shuri's? Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. What did I say? Riri. Um, Riri. Okay. Yeah. No, Shuri. I think Shuri's. Shuri starts to really see that that point and really just want to kill Namor. 
And so I felt like that scene was maybe played a little bit towards, oh man, freaking Namor, I hate that guy, than it was towards being sad about Ramonda, you know, but. Yeah, to me, there was so much going on when her death happened that like it didn't give me a whole lot of emotional impact. Yeah. I did think some of the best written stuff was Killmonger's talk about how Raymonda saved Riri, but T'Chaka would have just let her die, like, and got into sort of like, I don't know, the the cultural sort of significance of that story and all that. Like, that all I thought was just very fascinatingly sort of densely written. It gave you something to really think about and ponder, you know. Um, Also, at the end, I mean, we understand... Mbaku is now king, but Shuri's the Black Panther. Is that kind of how that all's going yeah, down? Yeah. I don't think either of them care that much about tradition. Right. I do, do feel like we are overdue for like a full fledged, like crazy political intrigue, Game of Thrones, Black Panther type story. Just because. If you think about how destabilized this country would really be in real life, I went through it today. They had like seven or eight monarchical changes, like mm-hmm. in like a seven year period, because they lose T'Chaka and then T'Challa's in place, and then he suffers a coup, and then he does another coup, and then they're invaded, and then T'Challa disappears, and Ramonda's queen, and then T'Challa comes back. But then immediately he dies and then Ramonda takes over, but then they get invaded again. And now like she's gone and they have to replace with like that is the sort of turnover. And if it's anything like the comics, you know, the midnight angel stuff will go there. There will be elements of it. It's, I mean, Okoye is an interesting place. The fact that her and Ramonda didn't get the chance to patch it up with each other before, you know, they couldn't, couldn't any longer like that's an interesting thing i'm fascinated to see okoye like process that more in a show that's her own or whatever but any other yeah, thoughts if it's how we uh what's that one villain's name uh chebe right achibe achibe yeah the weird demon type guy it, that would that would be super dope but yeah i wouldn't be surprised to uh see something like that on disney play especially with the midnight angels stuff plus those suits are so so damn cool yeah they look great didn't they and also just they have like the heart-shaped herb growing in a forest like i'm sure that forest has surveillance and like hidden fences or whatever but it did just sort of seem like random high schoolers in wakanda could go and you know have a little trip to the ancestral plane, come out with superpowers. Yeah, there's a there's a special part of Wakanda that's like the land of the dead or whatever, and it's never been made real explicit in the movies, but I, I mean, I assume that's where they would be for the funerals. So I, I, maybe you could suggest that wasn't just a forest, but like is the gardens around the necropolis or whatever that they have there. That would be sort of a guarded area, but and it needs just... to be vibranium and short soils and yeah. I think that makes a pretty full podcast. I haven't been watching time, but we've been talking a while. Yeah. I mean, I think we might need to talk about it again when we've all had another rewatch or something, like yeah. see if our views change. 
because it was just so much. Do you but, guys have plans for a rewatch or does it feel a bit heavy to like jump right back in? I actually planned a work event uh, and invited my coworkers to go next week. So I assumed I would need to watch it twice. Yeah. I'll probably end up sometime over Thanksgiving when we've got family in town, like people that don't watch Marvel except for with us might watch it again. So we'll see. But we also have another MCU thing coming two weeks from today. Oh, is that the holiday? Holiday special, yeah. Yeah, two weeks from today. Yeah, Black Friday, two weeks from today. Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is coming. Kevin Bacon to a screen near you. Talk about a total tonal shift from Black Panther. (laughs) Right. So anyways, we will be definitely back to talk about that, if not something else. Um, thanks for listening to the show guys we appreciate it and uh, we'll be back